0: good morning everybody hopefully you're having a good Wednesday morning today's show is a, gonna be a follow-up of a, a little bit of yesterday's comments that I missed so we'll jump into that in a moment before we get into that I'm not a therapist nor an attorney I'm an individual much like you who went through a really tough experience during that I developed some tips and techniques that I share with you to hopefully help you get your life back Minimize the damage of your toxic ex. Hopefully help you build a better relationship with your kids. Undo some of that parental alienation. And basically just get your life back. Be careful throwing out diagnoses. Only a clinician in a clinical environment can do that. When you start telling people that uh, your ex is this or or that out of the DSM-5 typically the first question is going to be where did you get that diagnosis and you don't want the answer to be that you know I utilized my PhD I gained off of watching YouTube videos and I know everything's now that will generally not work well for you keep in mind that a lot of this has to do when you're in the beginning stages of family court or with anybody on this is your credibility anything you do to undermine that just doesn't help you if you like what I do here and you want to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a channel member over on YouTube. Just surf on over to youtube.com slash Dad's Divorce. And look for the links on that. And finally, the the podcast series, uh, You Get to Be You, is still open. You can still sign up for that. There's links in the description and in the show notes. It's uh, basically HTTPS colon, colon, or slash... You get to be slash Dwayne. On that, again, I hope that I can help you start your Wednesday off right, get things on the right track, and, uh, and take your life back. Man. The phone lines are... Are they open? I think I might have forgot to uh, dial it, so let me go ahead and do that, and then it will be open. Let me go ahead and just turn that down for a second, let it call in. If you want to call in and participate in the show, the number is one 373 5483 1424 dsd live Yep, it's still calling back in. So... The... I'm still waiting for, oh, maybe I didn't maybe I got to hit another button. Yep. Let me do this. We're now in the host room. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was looking at that going, hey, I forgot to hit a button. The problem is when I call into that thing, it starts charging me for it. And and some people have recommended you know, like, oh, use, uh, use Google Numbers. It's free. The problem is, is that without a system, there's no way to queue the calls. So either someone's it it would be a mess and I would have no idea who's calling, uh, what they're wanting to do or what, you know, what their topic is. And it would just be basically like, oh, look, the phone's ringing. Let's answer it live. (laughs) That would not be a good thing. So I appreciate all the ideas on that. If somebody does know of another system that does allow that, allow like call screening and and, uh, a call tree or whatever to put people in a queue. Let me know. It took me a long time to find the thing I'm using right now. So let me just see what we got going on here in the comments and whatnot. So we got a few people here already, which is awesome. I really appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with me in the morning for the folks that are in the U.S. and for around the rest of the world, That the different parts of your day. I know it's... a uh, to carve out a bit of time to come do that is uh, is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. That's an interesting idea. Force Papa said you could use Zoom audio and only have it where you admit people. Again, though, the problem is there'd be no way to really screen what's going on. So, But a good idea. I like that idea. So the thing I wanted to hit first... And this came from a comment a couple of days. It might have been yesterday or the day before. And the person had said, talking about their ex, she, she pretends to be this super person or super mom, but really isn't capable. But she's on the PTA. She does everything she's supposed to do. And it's not, you know, it's not real. I can absolutely relate to that because the difference is it depends on how good your ex is at at their acting job. Because the thing is, is that it depends on how invested they are in, right? In my situation, mine didn't do the PTA route. She did volunteer and she, uh, to be in one of the kids' classes and stuff. But for the most part, being having or being uh, counted on to do something or being obligated to do something was never really her her strong suit so i was lucky in that regard that typically whenever she would do something or volunteer for something it would be uh short-lived so to speak however what i will say is it drove me crazy that like for, for parent teacher conferences, we'd go in and she would sit there and pretend to be the most involved person ever. The thing is, is that you, you have to realize that that's their game. That's what they're going to do and stop focusing so much on what they're doing or getting away with or what people are believing and just focus on, on yourself. Let me, uh, I'm going to just quickly go over here to my main channel. If this pulls up and my mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery playlist. These two videos right here, absolute thinking for recovery and why black hole thinking is important is critical for dealing with this particular situation because you have to remind yourself what you're dealing with, what the reality is, and then once you kind of have that part down it's, it's where you stop investing time on this type of stuff because if you if you keep thinking about that it, well i'll tell you from my experiences when i kept thinking about that when i was constantly fixated on on the narrative that she was putting out there or what she was getting away with or you know just over just thing after thing after thing, it was driving me crazy. You have to focus on rebuilding your own life and worrying about you. There's nothing you can do about them. And let me tell you right now, if you spend your time trying to expose them, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Unless, you know, I mean, if you're able to, well, like Caleb, I think who I think I saw him scroll up here a moment ago, so good morning, Caleb, is, uh, you know, I mean, if you're recording them and you have physical evidence, I guess, so to speak, or video evidence of them doing something, okay. But if you're sitting there and you're like, look, look, look over here, look at them right now, you're the, it's like, think about it. When someone's yelling, I mean, how often does someone say, hey, look over there, and what does a person do? They look at your finger or they look at you? Very rarely does someone immediately look To where you're you're going now if you're just standing someplace and you're staring at something someone might notice you and then look over there but if you're making a spectacle of yourself they look at you and that's typically what happens in these situations is you're trying to we get in this mode where we're trying to point out to people what the other person is doing and by doing that all they're doing is looking at us and if we're not making a very sound cogent argument the likelihood that they're going to even then look over and see what the other person's doing or at least do it in a, in a methodology where they believe what you're saying is not uh, is not the greatest this whole pretending to be a super parent is not limited to moms or dads there are a narcissistic person lives in illusion and is going to try to set up a scenario Whatever it is that they're great. This is why you'll see people who don't see their kids and don't exercise visitation posting all over on uh, you know online if they do have their kids, how great that you know, that they're all happy and joyous together and, and trying to put out this are trying to narrate this or curate this narrative that they're the greatest parent in the world. And at the same time, they'll be slamming on you, saying you're, like in my situation, it was like, oh, you know, he doesn't care about the kids. Disneyland dad, all he wants to do is have fun, and uh, that type of thing. Which I'm going to get into the Disneyland dad thing in in a moment. Because that's one of those pet peeves of mine, and I, I think it needs a bigger discussion. But before we jump onto that... If you want to participate in today's show, you can do that by dialing one 424 dsd live If you are outside of the United States and you want to participate, you can do that. And by following the link below, it'll open up a web interface that allow you to do that. Oh, I see uh, somebody had asked how to, become, how to actually become a channel member. The way you do that, uh, let me just get this in the right mode. So when you go to the main web page, or not web page, when you go to the main YouTube channel, you won't see these two things. These are uh, my side of it, but uh, there will be a join button, which then gives you the different options for membership. And if you're level two and above, then uh, at the end, I recognize those people. If you don't, if you want to support but you don't want to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, highlighted. Just let me know, or just stay level one. And uh, level one is I think two bucks. Two bucks a month. So, and I appreciate all the support really means a lot. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's humbling when people are, are willing to, you know, go the, go that extra step and put, uh, you know, a couple of bucks behind that. Oh, the other thing you can do also, if you want to highlight a comment or a question, you can do that via super chat on YouTube. I was actually going to try to multicast this to Facebook And uh, a couple other platforms. Um, To be honest, I I couldn't remember how to set it up. So I just like, I'll test that later today. (laughs) So anyways. um, Oh, I missed what I see something Debbie said, but I don't see what Techmore said. Oh, you should update those videos. Yeah, you know, actually, I'm in the I'd like to say I'm in the process of doing it it it's it's not so much that in the process but it's on the list. It's one of those things that I absolutely want to do. I think I could do a much better job of communicating the same uh concepts now than I did back then but uh so i that is in the in the in the works, considering is still burning down at least as far as I know. Uh, I might uh do that this weekend because i'm still a little reluctant to go drive up at the into the mountains into the trees whenever you know everything's on fire. seems like it'd be a bad place to be to be honest so. all right i'm just checking okay. Um, the other thing I want, or another comment that I wanted to hit is, uh, and I, and I just put a note on this. I don't remember where this came from. Oh, thanks merge. Appreciate it. Got a new channel member. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And that is dealing with, uh, trust issues. And I wish I could remember where I, where I saw this comment, but a, but a person had said, actually, I think it might be, uh, I know, I think it's from somebody from Ireland. Anyways, they were talking about trust issues. And what I just wanted to hit on that is a lot of times, a lot of times, actually most of the times when you're in the beginning parts of this, you you feel so betrayed by everybody. And you don't trust yourself so you're like, how am I ever going to trust anybody again? And I think a lot of times we, we tend to look at it, at this, at the situation in this moment and perceive it to be the way it's going to be forever. In other words, you're, you're looking at it going, Oh my God, I'm never going to trust anybody. And then it's just going to be the way it's just going to be the way it is. I'll never be able to do it again. And I just want to say thank you for the uh, super chat. Dave says, nice job. Thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate that. And guys, just, just know, and this kind of dovetails a little bit with what we were talking about during yesterday's show. Don't make rash decisions based on this moment in time. For the people who are having trust issues, just hold out the possibility of hope that once you heal through this, you go you deal with how you got to this point, which is critical by the way, and know that once you get to the other side of this, all that stuff changes now again I, I talking about what we were talking about the other day where we had the caller who who uh came in and and was talking about how they they were being pushed to now I hadn't seen their kids. they were being pushed to try to make a, an agreement. Hey, agree to this and you'll get to see your kids today. But the reality is, is that if you agree with that, it's, it's like sets the stage for, you know, badness going down, but understand where you're at right now. Understand the pain you're having. Realize that part of it's a defense mechanism. Everyone here has been through an experience that they wish they would have never experienced and at the same time they don't well how do i say this it's it's one of those things where it's part of the process of going through it think of it whenever you're going oh my god i'll never trust anyone again it's it's kind of like you have an injury and you're just protecting yourself you know you're kind of curling up in a ball or you're going back into your cave you're like okay i was attacked I'm going to move into my safe area. I'm going to block everything off. So, you know, the doors locked; nobody can get in and I'm safe. You don't stay that way forever. You do stay that way for a while. So if you're stuck in this mode to where you feel like you're going to have trust issues, think about it this way. All of us got into this situation because we were naive, my opinion, but I would, you know, if you agree with me, give me a yes in the comments and, We ignored all the warning signs. We didn't pay attention really to what was really going on. We only listened to what we wanted to. And the reality is, is once you get past all of this, you're not really going to make those mistakes again. You're going to be able to recognize toxic people. You're going to start to purge them out of your life. If you spend the time working on yourself, you'll figure out how in the world you thought those behaviors were appropriate. You'll get get to the point to where you won't allow that to be in your life. You won't be so desperate to have external validation from people that you're like, well, so-and-so is having a bad day. I'm not even talking about friends, right? You're going to start looking around it and you're going to go, okay, nope, not going to allow this in my life. And that's something that because of this... Had you not had this experience, more than likely you would never have had that epiphany. You would have never gotten to that point. So, even though you may feel like right now in this moment you will never trust anyone ever again, that's okay. It's giving you time to not allow another person in, you know, not allow another toxic person into your life. You're taking a pause, you're looking critically at everything that's in your life. And are able to make sure that you make better decisions going forward. So, anyways, I I think I've kind of beat that point, or beat that point too much. (laughs) But uh, hopefully that helps. And I hope the person who made that comment, can hear this, and it will, will help them to realize, okay, you know, right now I feel like this, and I felt the same way, to be honest, but it's not going to be there. And I don't feel that way anymore. I don't, I feel that I'm better equipped to gauge the credibility, the character of a person than I was before. Because now I take a critical eye, I look at the actions and the words, and with that, I'm able to make a better choice of who I allow into my life. And for the most part, it's like, hey, if you're bringing extra chaos, don't want it. Not interested. You know, I don't want chaos in my life. I don't want drama in my life unless it's real, you know, a a real issue that I have no way to get around. But if I'm choosing to allow someone into my life that's bringing negativity into it, for lack of a better word, I don't do that anymore. Well, I'll tell you. Before this experience, I just made excuses for it. Well, they're not that bad. They have some good traits. You know, the good outweighs the bad. You know, or, or that's just the the cost I have to. You know, that's the cost of entry to go hang out with this person or be with this person. All right. So I think I almost had a caller, but it looks like they didn't make it past the uh, the call the thing. So there was a question from. Melanie let me see if I can f- actually since it looks like it's your full name I'm not going to post it in there I'll just read it It says do the kids eventually realize on their own other parent isn't all what they portray to be portray to the world I think yes I, I th- the the thing is though is it's still there, there the 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 problem is well let me let me back up yes I think children see a hell of a lot more than we give them credit for However, that doesn't mean that they're going to respond the way we think, right? They're not going to look at the other person, come to us and go, mommy, daddy, you know, the other parent, you know, is a monster. No, it's not going to happen that way. They'll realize it. But at the end of the day, they still want to love the parent. They still want them in their life and they don't want it to be true. One of the things that I think a lot of people seem to forget I was one of them, is that we were under the spell for a long time. And I'm not sure about you, but in my situation, we're talking two decades, over 20 years, 21 years is whenever the mask finally dropped, or at least I got to the point where I'm like, I can't live like this anymore. This is just, I can't do it. Something's got to change. So for two decades, well, let me back up. For two decades, the ex didn't change in my situation. And I'm sure in your situation, it may have gotten worse. But they were fundamentally who they were when you first met them to where they are today. The other thing is, is that emotional abuse doesn't start typically, sometimes it can, but it doesn't start on day one. It's a gradual progression our digression into the pit of hell. But it happens really slowly. Like the analogy of you put a, you know, if you put a frog in a hot pan with boiling water, it's going to jump out. You put it on there and you slowly turn the heat up. It won't leave because it acclimates to it until it basically dies. That's the same thing that happened to us. And it wasn't our parent, right? I mean, you're conditioned that mommy and daddy love you, that you can always count on family, you know, family, or, you know, family is thicker than water, or blood's thicker than water, and everything you're told is your family is number one. So if your family is abusive, you're being conditioned from an uh, early age that that's normal, that that's what love is. And even if you fundamentally know, and I think we all do, I think everyone that came from a, a, a difficult home life knows that you, you rationalize it, you, and, and you condition yourself to where that is what is considered normal. So just So back to the question. Yes, the kids do realize. Is it going to be a huge turning point to where they pick you over the other person? Probably not early on. Now, it may come to a point where if they realize it much later in life, then they might turn around and say, you know what? I am really angry at the other parent. I'm angry that my relationship with the, you know, with the, with the alienated parent was, was, a, was a lie, and I believed it, and I lost all this time being raised thinking this other person was a piece of crap. And it was not true there. I've known a lot of people who have gone through that, you know, were raised by one parent. And then later in life, basically say, forget you. I'm no. And they feel, and they want to, I mean, and then they're trying to punish, well, either trying to punish that original parent, or the first, the, the, the other parent, or, you know, maybe if they're more healthy on it, they just realize it's toxic, but, but oftentimes what happens is, is people are like, well, at, even at an older age, it's like, well, I still love mommy, I still love daddy, and they let it go. We have to get to a point that we come to peace with it. Because if you're expecting some crushing victory later in life, one, you need to get to the point where that's not where you're at. right? Like, I think I'm at the point now where I don't even care what happens with the ex. I was talking with someone the other day where something had happened to theirs and, and someone had showed him a video of it and uh, it was basically a domestic violence thing where they were getting beat up by their, their new uh, love interest. And uh, when I was talking to him, he said, you know, I had a buddy of mine said, well, how does that make you feel? And it's like, you know, the only thing I was worried about was I was glad the kids weren't there and I'm worried about my kids being around that. And I think that's, I think initially you're at the point to where, yeah, you'd love, like yeah, I just want them to see, you know, get, get a little bit, just, you know, get a little bit of that comeuppance. My goal for you is to get to a point to where you don't care, where it's like, you know, you've, you've been able to do the black hole thinking enough in that video we were talking about earlier to where you don't even, it's not even worth your effort to even be like, oh yeah, it's good that they finally, you know, got something it's uh it's um it's a tough one i think a better way to look at it that's what do the kids eventually realize it's like if if you can build a good solid relationship with your with your child to where there's still good communications then you've won right and on the flip side if that doesn't happen and you've done everything you possibly can and your child as an adult, when I say child, I mean, now, you know, my, my oldest is 21. I still consider him a kid that you just know, okay, I've done everything I possibly can and you have to make your peace with it. Last thing I want to just finish on this is do not allow a toxic, narcissistic ex spouse whose, whose sole mission is to destroy you to win. Yes, they have a tendency to be able to destroy whatever you thought was important, but that doesn't mean that you can't say, you know what? I've, I've been through this. I've accepted my new mind. That's what I had to do. I had to re baseline my life and say, okay, I was on this trajectory. I'm not going there anymore. I can't get there. It's like the, the rocket ship left for Mars without me. So I guess I can't go to Mars. So I have to make the, uh, the best case decision, or make the best out of what I have left. I don't know if that analogy makes sense. Maybe it would be, <laughs> Maybe it would have been better if I said I was stuck on the ship going to Mars. The thing is, is that at the end of the day, we get to decide if we're going to let them have space in our head, if we're going to let them continue to deal with uh, or have control or influence over our emotions. And I know if you're early on in this, the idea of thinking that you can ever get to a point to where you're not hurt and bitter and angry is, is a real feeling. I had the same thing. I know exactly if that's where you're at. I understand exactly where you're at. There are multiple, multiple times where I felt exactly that way that I'm like, there is no way I am ever going to get over this, that I'm ever going to become whole again, that I'm ever going to recover emotionally, financially. And and that whole thought process just kind of spun me out of control. And some of that is still true, you know, financially. And, you know, there's, there's ways I probably won't ever recover. Maybe, you know, I mean, but more than likely. Well, no, let me back up. The only way I could recover would be winning the lottery. <laughs> having having a, a rich relative I don't know about that leaves me a ton of money, which would be like winning the lottery. <laughs> Or it would be uh, uh, this channel would have to ex- just explode and become super popular, and make you know just become so lucrative that that all the all the lost money and stuff and retirement m- monies would all be replenished. I mean, it's I guess it's possible, but I had to make my peace with what uh, what the future was. And I'm, and I'm here to tell you that you can, you can hit the reset button on your life and turn around and have, still have a good life. Allow better people into your life, not allow toxic people in and find little things that you enjoy. I mean, like even doing this channel, I really, I mean, these morning shows and stuff, I really like doing this. It's fun. It gives me, it gives me a little, puts a little smile on my face, so to speak. Okay, so the phone lines are open one, four two four three seven three Five four eight three. If you haven't had an opportunity to sign up for that You get to be You podcast series, there's a link down below. That's starting up, I think, if I remember correctly, next week. And uh, I see I see Lyle. Hey Lyle, good to see you out there, man. It says put me in your will, Dwayne. <laughs> I would Lyle, but you might not get anything other than other than Bills. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So Merger made a comment. and says, All I can say is the narc cannot love their child, uh, children unconditionally as we can. My child sees the difference and feels a difference. My goal is she makes healthy attachments and I work hard on it. See, that's really the key. What you don't want is your child to go through this experience because they're going through it too. And when they become adults their little subconscious is saying, I have to resolve the issue that mommy didn't love me or daddy didn't love me. And I'm going to find somebody who reminds me exactly of them so that I can, I can get them. I can fix them. I can, I can, you know, find a solution to this and ultimately prove that, uh, that I, that I'm lovable. So, It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a tough, tough thing. Oh, I think somebody, I think somebody is calling um, directly from the UK. Uh, No, if you're doing that, you can do it through. um, Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and grab this person so they don't sit on here that long. Hello and welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Am I speaking with Dwayne?
0: Yes, you are. You are on.
1: I can't believe it. Hi, Dwayne. It's great to meet you. Um, So I'm a longtime fan of the show. Um, I just had a really quick question, Um, quite a broad one, really. Okay. Do you think that uh, we are becoming – are we becoming more narcissistic as a society? Uh, Do you think that uh, this is becoming a problem for everyone, and what can we do about it?
0: Okay, and I don't want to keep you on because you're calling directly, so you're doing an international call, so it's this is going to get expensive for you, right? Uh,
1: I can I can manage, that's
0: fine. Okay, well then all right, then I'll go ahead and hit it. If you feel like you need to drop off, go ahead. But what I'll say is yes, our society right now is is very me-focused. You know, you look at Instagram, you look at Facebook, everyone is constantly trying to curate their life and put the, you know, they're really hyper-focused on their bet, you know, putting their best foot forward. I guess in some ways maybe that could be potentially a good thing because maybe it causes people to stop and think before being a real schmuck to people in public because, oh, how might I look? The 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 good so that's not necessarily great, right? I mean, where people are 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 constantly getting their validation by look at me, look at me, look at me. So it's it's creating an environment where I mean in the past uh popular people or uh, actors and musicians, you know, I mean, they obviously got a lot of attention. And if they thrived in that environment, then, you know, okay. But it was like a small subset of the world that could do it. Well, now the reality is you everybody can basically be beamed out to anywhere on the planet. I mean, like even what I'm doing right now. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do this from, from my house. I mean, prior to all this technology being available, there's no way I could have done this. The most I could have done would have been maybe, maybe try to do a regional, you know, get on the radio or get on a, a public broadcast type thing. So the good part about it is it's driving so much attention on this and putting so much information available that it's also exposing it. Right uh, no, I think probably it's that's kind of running a little behind, so it's taking time for for that to catch up, but I think that's a that's a benefit from it I mean if you look right now, there are a lot of cha- i mean there are a lot more channels out there's so many I don't even know about anymore talking about narcissistic abuse and recovery than when I started four years ago, and then when I started looking for information what three or four years before that, it was even smaller so the 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 reality that there's because of all of this, that's it's kind of causing the, the, the narcissism in the world, and it's also helping expose it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense to, to me, Dwayne. I think information and the information revolution is always a double-edged sword. Uh, so it helps, uh, and uh, it also kind of hinders. Um, I, I've just seen a few studies which kind of say that, you know, the top of society, Corporations, governments, large institutions—there is a disproportionate number of, you know, sociopaths and narcissists. Yeah, and I think you know, with all the revelations about Epstein, um,
0: yeah, you know, and,
1: and that kind of corruption, it just seems to be uh, more prevalent. And maybe that's an illusion uh, because it's reported more. We know more about it. Uh, those kind of things. And you seem to have like a lot of narcissistic people who are kind of uh, obsessed with. Uh, you know, their own interests, you know, their own kind of identity or whatever. And um, I think it's creating a lot of difficulty for other people. And and I think we haven't really worked out a way to to respond to it. Um, Because even if we call it out, uh, they might be the ones in power. And we we have limited ability to deal with it as uh, kind of empathetic people.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you brought up a good point, and I want to just touch on that for a moment, and, and that's narcissistic people have always been drawn to power and attention. I'm You know, I'm 50 now. Mm-hmm. I just turned 50 last month, and, wow, it's hard to believe it's last month. Anyways, but I grew up around really toxic people uh, when I was in my professional career, tons of people who were just manipulative, backstabby, you know, only focus on themselves would basically cut the next person's throat to get the next rung on the on the ladder. So, I mean, these people have always been there. It's just because of the current technology and the way society is at now is it's kind of like hyper focusing on it. Now, the good part about it is is it's starting to shine a light in it, and I think things are starting to change. Like where I used to work or where I still work. I mean, the whole management structure, which I was a part of for a while. Went from completely toxic to some decent people, you know. But I think the the other problem is, mm-hmm. or the reason why narcissistic people thrive in these situations, especially in politics, is because they don't have guilt. They can switch on a dime. They can, you know, it, it's it's. Oh, I'll tell you, put it to you this way: it's tough to be a leader and a manager. I I was, and when I first became a supervisor, holding people accountable, uh, and and basically just doing what that job entailed is hard. You know, being yelling at somebody, well not yelling at somebody, but but uh, holding somebody or somebody dealing with someone who gets in trouble is not easy to do. Now, there are some people who have no problem with it, who who don't care. They have that disconnected gene and are able to make those decisions. And a lot of times when you're able to do that, you're able to be more ruthless and and focused on your goal because you're not focused on the person, which Fortunately, I've even seen in my environment where we're really making a switch. I mean, I've been in this in in my professional environment for what, over 30 years, and I've seen it go from, hey, you're a cog in the wheel. I don't care if you have a family. I don't care what's going on. When you're here, you work for me to now being more like, okay, what's the whole person type concept? You know, where we're, we constantly I'm right now I'm going through this every month I have to do a resilient resiliency training with my folks to encourage communication, to encourage people to watch, watch out for other people, to be able to recognize whenever there's a problem. You know, I mean, now it's like if someone's having a problem at work as their supervisor, you know, the first question is, Hey, what's going on? You know, I'm, I'm noticing a problem. What's going on in your, in your life? Is there, is there an external reason why this, why you're having this behavioral trend or whatever? I mean, years ago, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but years ago, they didn't care. It would be if you were having, if you were going through a divorce or whatever, and your performance at work was failing, it would be, they pull you in and they would say, Hey, Bill, uh, you're not hitting your marks. And if you go, man, I'm having a real tough time. They say, stop right there. I don't care what's going on at home. That's your problem. Not my problem. My issue is you're not performing. If you don't get it fixed, you're going to get fired. Right. Right. And I mean, there probably still are people like that, but, but I know in my situation, I've seen a pivot from that to what I just mentioned to where it's more like, Hey, what's, uh, you know, what's going on? What can we do to get you help? There's EAP, the employee assistance plan, you know, yes, your behavior is unacceptable. You need to stop it or it's going to result in, in more problems, but it's, but it's starting to change. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's really weird. It's like, when I look at the world, it's, you know, sometimes things in the past were better and sometimes right now it's better, right? I mean, it's just so it's evolving. But sometimes it's painful when we're going through this process to get to that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, I think things are improving in some ways, but of course, you know, narcissists are very adaptable and they they will thrive in any system. Um, But it's, uh, it's a funny story. I mean, I had a boss once who was, you know, managing director absolutely magnetic sort of personality. He seemed very effective, got a lot of work in, but he was just crazy making because he was an alcoholic. And eventually, you know, the organization just kind of imploded um, and it was a small operation. So there was not, none of that kind of support there.
0: Right. So, you know,
1: I, I really, you know, there's a lot of kind of studies out there showing that, you know, these people, they, they drive an organization forward and then it just implodes because of, uh, you know, their ego. <laughs> So um so oh, absolutely I, I, I think, you know if we can spot these people and learn how to manage them, I think kind of giving people the tools to do that, then um that can only be good. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think the other problem on a professional level is for the longest time that behavior was uh encouraged and rewarded, right? I mean, meaning the toxic behavior. It's like, hey, you know, okay, you can say everything in a meeting to your bu- either it happened one of two ways. Either they were able to mask uh, their, their personality up was different than the personality below. Sometimes that's the case where people don't realize what a tyrant someone is, or it's like, you know what, that person's getting results and I don't care. But the reality is leading by fear never accomplishes. You, you never get the most out of people. I found that out my, even myself, cause I was, I was kind of groomed in that toxic environment uh, management style. And when I finally got to the point where I started backing off and, and instead of, you know, beating on people to it's like gosh darn it you're going to do what you're supposed to do the way we want you to do it or else when I got to the point where I'm like hey look I need you to get to the end end point it's your job to figure it out and I empowered people to do that oh my god the performance now it didn't happen maybe the way I wanted and maybe initially at the timeline but as soon as you start empowering people you get so much more out of them so and you get a lot yeah, more respect I mean, and you get a lot I more can- support and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah, I, I think the lesson is uh, if you stop trying to control people like a narcissist, they might even flourish.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: but okay, okay, well, thank you very much. Well,
0: thanks thank for calling, man. I don't want to take
1: up too much. Uh, but thank you very much. That's great.
0: Thank you. So thanks for calling. I appreciate that. And it looks like I have another caller, but I'm going to just double check um, some of that, see if I missed anything while we were talking about that. All right, Lyle says, do what you love. Uh, for a living and you will never work a day in your life. You know, what's crazy. You say that, and that's kind of the way I used to think about it. But I remember like, uh, even my dad would say, and other people say, well, you never want to do your hobby for your job because you know, you'll, you'll end up hating it. And it's, it's weird how, how, and I agree to be honest, I agree with what Lyle's saying. You know, that's like, even when I'm encouraging my kids to do, it's like, Hey, they want to be my son wants to be a writer, man, go for it. You're still young, you still have an opportunity, go for it. My other kids, you know, I have one in, going to college for it to become an animator. It's like, that's what her passion has been, go for it. And uh, my take on it is, is if you're doing something you love, then it's not as much work, right? I mean, if, if, if it's one thing when you work working long hours, because you have to, and you're doing it for the dollar or you're doing it for the promotion. But if you're doing it because you love, like take this channel. I love doing this. I spend so much time and effort on it. If I was doing this for, for, for numbers, you know, for, you know, the whatever, like a hundred thousand subscribers and, and thousands of dollars in income, I would have stopped this a long time ago because th- this is so much work for, I mean, I, I don't want to say minimal gain, but I mean, it's, I'm, if I was, I could have done something else. I mean, I I would have been, if I was trying to do this just to make money or numbers, then I would be better off working overtime at my normal job or coming up with some other business thing that is, you know, selling, I don't know, widgets or something. So anyways, There is another caller. Um, I'm going to grab that here in a second. And uh, let's see here. And it says, uh, John from Connecticut, uh, as the divorce is still going on, I was wondering if I could use the, I don't understand what that is, but I'll go ahead and grab you. Hello, and welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Dwayne, what's going on?
0: Hey, how's it going with you? I I think the auto uh, auto thing messed up what it was saying. So I could use the it says El- Eliza Zach. Just
2: uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I yeah I, I was wondering <laughs> if you could call me Zach.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry uh, about that. Oh no worries. So Zach, how's it going? Uh, so what's going yeah, on, man? I, I
2: I I just sent I just sent you, or I'm about to send you an email once it loads, just uh, with. Uh, what I'm dealing with, uh, you and I have done coaching, which has helped me immensely. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm having an insanely high conflict divorce that has involved child protective services. Uh, my, my, my ex, uh, who I'll call Borna for borderline narcissist, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, she, uh, she accused me out of the blue uh, last May of molesting my, my son. Uh he's five, and I was unable to see my kids for over two months. Uh, and then I got him back for a couple of weeks. And then I don't know where, when I went to pick up the kids for custody exchange time, uh, my ex, found well, one day to be ex, still... Uh, she wasn't answering the door. And next thing I know, a state marshal serves me, uh, an emergency court order alleging that I was now sexually molesting my daughter. Uh, and the DTS, uh, the child protective service is, is completely and emphatically on my side. So I should be getting them back today. Awesome. Also, my ex, uh, has not confirmed that she'll give them to me. Uh, because, uh, she says she gets, it's is receiving conflicting information. Yeah, uh, I, and I and just, one w- thing that's, Hey John, let me, is,
0: or Zach, sorry. Dang yeah. it. I, let me just pause you. <laughs> I just, I just want to just throw that out here. So, so people don't, cause I know I know a little bit more. Um, so he went through that yeah. initial, that initial accusation that was investigated. It was even sent over to the police for investigation. They all came back and said, it's bogus visitation was ordered and reinstated. And as soon as it was reinstated, a whole new allegation was brought up. The difference on this situation now is everyone's starting to see through what the ex is doing. That's why, I mean, so if someone's just listening to this going, holy crap, you know, this has been thoroughly vetted and it's starting to, to be basically exposed that the person, like someone else had said, you know, the, the old silver bullet, that that's exactly what's being done. So now, so it sounds so effectively this whole thing has been re-cleared out again and everyone, all the, all the, uh, the, the parties that are authority, uh, you know, authorities on this have said, Hey, this is crap. You get to see your kids again, right?
2: Yeah. And the first time it was so long because everything was messed up because of the coronavirus. uh, right. now child protective services has figured out how to work it. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we act. uh, we went to court uh, this this week uh, and the Child Protection Service uh, investigator said, okay, uh, that my recommendations are both the kids in therapy, mom and dad to co-parenting counseling for three to six sessions to be <laughs> decided by the judge. Uh, and I said, I'm all about that. Right. Totally about that. And uh, she said, so I've told you, I've told your attorney, I've told your ex. And I haven't told her attorney yet because, well, at first she didn't give me his number. So I got it from your attorney. And then I emailed him and left him a voicemail. And that was last Wednesday. And he still hasn't gotten back to me. Like, there's just all sorts of weird stuff going on. So she told my ex's attorney exactly what was happening. uh, And then our two lawyers talked about the recommendations and when... Uh, my ex found out that she would be responsible for $50 per session for co-parenting because they don't accept our insurance. Uh, she refused to do it. She said no. And her attorney said, yeah, we're not we're not going to pay anything. And uh, my attorney came back and said, I don't get it. That means we're going to have to come back to court. And your ex is paying her lawyer. So it's going to cost her more money than just 50 right. bucks a week for three to six weeks.
0: Well, the the and, reality uh, is, she doesn't want she doesn't want the kids in therapy because she doesn't want her her she doesn't want herself exposed. Yeah, no
2: objection to therapy. Uh, she's she's trying to avoid going to co parenting counseling with me.
0: Well, that's what I meant because it's okay. Sorry. Yeah. Now, hey, the thing and, on, uh, on that, so I'm not, my I, intern- I, I let me just pause pause you for there because I because when you said that, I, I I made like an Ugh sound, and if when yeah. the court's forcing you to do it, you need to go through the motions. But it's, it's an exercise in frustration. So my advice to you on that would be if, you know, push forward like you're, you're, I mean, you're ready, willing and do it, right? I mean, if, they're gonna, if, if you set it up tomorrow, you'd be there. The reality is it's going to be a waste of time and it's not going to accomplish anything. But if you can basically trap them, trap her into the thing that she's refusing to do it, it just helps your case, you know, it helps your argument and it shows what she's doing, right?
2: And, well, the, the DTF worker, uh, like Child Protection Services, when my attorney came back and said that how they refuse to pay, I, I said, well, look, uh, anything that will help the kids, I'm willing to do. So I'll pay, even though in, amidst all this, I, I uh, went, underwent uh, major depressive disorder, right. uh, got on the antidepressants, uh, and I, I just said, look, uh, I'll make it work. Uh, and I'll just pay the hundred bucks, and the child protective service woman looks at me and says, "Do not set that as a precedent. You make her pay." Uh, and wow! Who said that? So my my attorney, okay, the, the child protective service investigator. Wow! Uh, and yeah, so my attorney went into. She said, "Okay, well, I guess we'll have to get a judge to decide on it." So my attorney went in to talk to the bailiff to get us on the docket, came out, said, where's your ex and her attorney? And someone said, I think I saw him leave the building. She said, maybe they're talking outside. So she goes outside, comes back in. They're not out there. And then she goes to the court clerk. And the court clerk says, oh, they withdrew the complaint uh, alleging you're molesting uh, your daughter, uh, so that automatically removes you from the docket because you're here because of their motion for an emergency custody order.
0: See, and I didn't catch it said, when you, if you said that at the beginning, help. I didn't catch it. So they, so she threw this out here to throw a monkey wrench in it, and then at the last second, just pulled it off.
2: Yeah, and then her and her uh, attorney just ghosted from the building. And my well, they, it, it was over. That, there was no reason, they, the reason to be, be there.
0: I mean, what?
2: I mean, well, Zach. Like, what do you? Like, we still had stuff to talk
0: about. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just being, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I, we were talking about this the other day. It's like they they use these things as negotiating ploys, thinking, okay, if they can drive you crazy enough or get you to agree to something, and then if not, you just pull it. You know, and there needs to be consequences for this. And I think ultimately in your situation, I think it's going there is going to be a consequence. I feel because she's setting herself up to effectively potentially lose custody because of all the crap that's going on. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: man. Well, I'm so glad, I'm glad to uh, hear that that re- has yeah. resolved. I mean, the last time we chatted uh, off, off air, you, this, this was still at, at the beginning stages of the second part of this. So I'm glad it's, it's over, but yeah. my God, I hope that, that, somebody like her attorney gets to her and says, Hey, look, you got to stop doing this because this is going to blow up in your face. Yeah, man.
2: But, uh, if he's if he's telling her, okay, let's, let's just remove it and bounce. And, uh, my, my my attorney yelled at him on the phone after that. Oh, of course. uh, And then I, when I asked my ex to, to confirm that she will allow me to pick up the kids, uh, for my next custody day, uh, the response was, uh, I'm getting conflicting information. I haven't received the final report yet, so uh, I'll have to wait. Uh, so the uh, Child Protective Service investigator told me, uh, You know what? I'm worried that she's going to try to interfere with you getting your kids back. So here's my personal cell. Here's my email.
0: Nice. Uh, if
2: she gives you, she's like, I'm going to leave right now. I'm going to finish the report. I'm going to lean on my boss tomorrow to certify it. I'm going to email it to you. You print it out. You take it when you pick up the kids. And if she's not there, you call the cops. And I'm going to call the detective that was in charge of the investigation before they dropped it. uh, And let them know if you call what the situation is and that you are not the person of interest. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So So, yeah, I got an ally at Child Protective Services, which is awesome. My attorney is...
0: That's great, man. And I just want to say, and and I know, I know everyone, you know, I mean, this is the first time you've called people don't understand that you've, you've dealt with this excellently. I mean, from the beginning, whenever we first spoke, when this was starting, you have been, you've kept your head, you you've had a level head, even though you're under a tremendous amount of stress, you, you didn't respond in a way that made it worse. And as a result of you doing that, and going through this, this nightmare of a scenario, you have the police department on your side. You have the child protective services on your side. You have your attorney now on your side. I mean, so it's like by your perseverance, you've really, you've really facilitated getting to the point. Where I know it's still a mess, but you've really facilitated getting to the solution that you're, you're coming up on.
2: You, you were uh, a huge part in, uh, like, just through your YouTube channel, guiding me through that. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. All right. We are we are uh, there, about there, out of time. Yeah. So, thanks for calling, Zach. Okay. Not to be confused with anyone else. Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> no problem. All
0: right, and if you can, if uh, call again and later. I,
2: I was wondering. Yeah. Go ahead. If if, if uh, tomorrow, if tomorrow, you might be able to talk about uh, how to approach. Uh, teachers for the school year yeah like okay intricacies of that uh, absolutely
0: i'll do i'll start the, the show i'll start uh, the show tomorrow with figure them.
2: out a way to, yeah i i, I don't want to tell them the whole story right right <laughs> or maybe i do i don't know yeah okay uh, but thank you so much for all you do Dwayne. thanks
0: man i you know guys i and i know you're probably missing a lot of the nuances on this but even when you have, I mean, think about this. this. This guy has somebody who is absolutely doing the silver bullet. I mean, to the point, accusing him of inappropriate contact with their own child. And these are young kids. You know, if you can weather that storm and not have it drive you crazy, most of the time you can get to the other side of this where people will realize it's a bunch of crap. Now the problem is, is that if you blow up, you get angry, you start yelling, you start screaming, you you do things that that potentially undermine your own credibility. <clears throat> now, granted, in this situation, she was not accusing him of in that you know of assaulting her, but it's uh you know you can persevere through this, and that's why I'm just like if you're in your dark, if you're if this feels dark right now, take a breath realize that the decisions you make right now are going to have a lasting effect on the future. And if you make the right decisions, even though it's not necessarily going to fix it in an instant, it'll set the groundwork for it. I mean, in this particular caller situation, he now has all these people. I mean, even child protective services is basically saying, look, you're not the problem. The other person is, and I'm going to help you get your information so that it gets exposed. So on that I can't believe we blew past an hour already. Holy cow. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out on this Wednesday. Hopefully that information was good. I I, I did say or mention that uh, we will um, hit the uh, school thing tomorrow. Talk a little bit about that. I haven't talked about that in a while. Be kind to yourself. Take a deep breath. Don't allow them to win. And we'll catch you on uh, the show tomorrow.